0: welcome to the glory of kings podcast episode three women god wise i'm calvin and i'm here with my dad uh reverend mark horn uh how are you going how's it going dad
1: it is going very well i don't often hear you refer to me as reverend mark Mark horn but
0: i appreciate it i i figure like it would be too casual to just say dad and leave it at that so I, i thought it would help out there probably true so, okay, so what's this woman gone wise thing? Um, so, like, I saw the notes for this, and I, I, I want you to explain what we're doing here today.
1: Well, for one thing, we need to say woman gone wise like it's a question. All right. At least that's the way I have it in the notes. Oh, true. true and it will probably appear that way. But, um, so, I've had people object to my book, Solomon Says, or raise objections or give a little pushback or suggested pushback saying something like, well, I think wisdom is for females too, or wisdom is for women as well. And of course, so the first thing to say is, yes, that's absolutely true. And I never said otherwise. Wisdom is for everyone, including women of all ages. Wisdom is for men of all ages. Becoming wise is for anyone who thinks of it, even though Proverbs kind of presents wisdom as a conversa- conversation between a father and a young man, yet I think I've learned a lot from Proverbs as an older man, and um, I had many regrets as I wrote Proverbs, wishing I had learned it younger, or thought about these things at a younger age, or listened to things, at a to the wise things at a younger age, but nevertheless, wisdom is for everyone, and uh that includes women. So I, I never meant to say otherwise, but somehow I have given a different impression to some people. And so I wanted to talk about the reasons for the impression and the reasons for the reasons I might've given that impression and how it's not necessarily so, true.
0: So I read, I read your book and I, I, I feel like uh, it's really hard to think that you're overly gendered in some kind of way, like focusing on men. Outside of like just things like the title or like a couple of small indications that are really just mirroring what Proverbs says, right? Well, I think
1: so. But of course, you know me, Calvin, a little bit better. You know how I would think. So maybe it didn't come across the right way. In any case, I mean, no one reads, at least I don't read every, every word of a book. I mean, yeah. impressions do get caught through the different processes sure. and so i don't i don't really blame anyone because i did in fact do some things that might have given that impression at some points yeah in the book and while I don't, I don't really regret those things yet um i think they're valid um nevertheless i want to say that, that impression should not should not does not stand if you really take seriously everything i said and so i'm just going to point some things about that out um so first of all and this is the this kind of what you alluded to calvin mm-hmm. is that since proverbs is mostly framed as teaching a young son or a younger son or a youngish son i mean it could be anywhere from you know 12 to 22 i think anywhere from a barely coming up on adolescence kind of son to a young married with maybe a young child kind of person um since it's mostly Framed as teaching a son, usually by a father, it easily offers itself as a book for young men and kind of easily kind of works in the marketing groove or the social groove that's come up with books like those by Jordan Peterson or that book by Jordan Peterson. At the time, which was Rules 12, for 12, Living, 12, 12, Twelve Rules for Life. Oh yeah, that's right. Twelve yeah. Rules that was, for
0: Life. I remember. I remember because that was like pretty influential. I think uh, not just. I, I mean, because you read you read that book, right? I refused to read it until after I finished Solomon. Uh, okay. Yes, I did. I, I I read it at the time, so I'm probably conflating. <laughs> yeah. Well, no.
1: I that was why I was worried about it because um, sure. I didn't want to read Overlapped. the book either either to overlap or to feel I need to refute or differ or disagree with him. Okay which I would have had opportunities to, but it kind of would have detracted more than helped the book. Um, And young men need guidance, so it seemed helpful to aim a book on Proverbs at them, especially since it seemed to be narratively fixated on them to some extent. Mm -hmm. And so thus, the subtitle of the book was Directives for Young Men. Um, So I did do that. And I did it on, I think, rational grounds, and exegetical grounds. Um, However, I also affirmed, as I did in my introduction, that Proverbs is written for everyone, every age above extreme youth, and for both sexes. Um, And by the way, I mean, technically, I argued that Proverbs is more written as a a king who's a father to a son who's a prince. So it's kind of like a idealized conversation between solomon and rehoboam or something like that so i mean it takes an act of imagination and extrapolation to get to application to get to apply it to get to internalize it you have to do some sort of bridge in, in when you read it in any case
0: this is a, a little bit of an aside but i think related one of the things that's interesting about like i think proverbs is a book is you know it has these call lines right like uh remember all my son or or you know, keeping my mother's teaching, keep my father's teaching. My my question is is like, is that a memory thing, or do you think that's just because genuinely is written for the child of the king?
1: Um, it was genuinely written for everyone. Okay. So it was meant to it's have life sense. lessons for everyone, and so it's narrative. It's the kind of things you can do with a narrative and look re- and think about it the way it's the way that stuff is all presented there is a purpose there mm-hmm. but kind of the particularities are supposed to be best for the universal application. Okay. There's actually some profit and I kind of try to describe that in, in my book or explain how some of that worked. Mm-hmm. There is a profit but from going to the particulars of a king talking to a prince to everyone. Yes. Okay. And I tell you, you know, as you've pointed out in my book, it talks about how we are all kings and queens. Um, so we are all royalty, but that's, that goes too far afield. I don't want to, at that point, we'll start like going through the entire book and summarize it. So we'll not, we'll stop <laughs> we'll there. We'll stop there. Yeah. So, um, so additionally, by the way, um, I also note in the book, cause it's noted in Proverbs that since this includes Proverbs 31, it's describing something that's from a mother to a son.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, so, you know, the conversation with a son being uniquely meaning, meaning that wisdom is only for men. That's not in there because it's also, it's not just a king talking to his son. There's a queen who talks to her son. Um, Proverbs 31.1, the words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. And then it starts, what are you doing, my son? What are you doing, son of my womb? What are you doing, son of my vows? That's Proverbs 31 verses 1 and 2. So what are the words that the king, excuse me, the, the mother of King Lemuel taught him in this oracle? Well, I won't read the whole thing, but I know this: that she says charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, who fears Yahweh is to be praised. And so I argue that this is the, this is the mother telling her son to look for something in a wife that goes beyond appearance. Notice how the godly woman or the godly wife is contrasted with the ungodly. So in Proverbs 31, 3, you read her saying, Do not give your strength to woman; your ways to those who destroy kings. And then when she comes to describe the godly wife, she says things like she dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. That's verse 17. Or then verse 25, strength and dignity are her clothing and she lasts at the time to come. So, while it is fine for a woman who reads this to pay attention to this passage as relevant to her own ideal character, it is not a passage I think that we should think, um, that men should think is only aimed at women. It's aimed at them to realize the behavior and character that come from fearing God, that that's preferable to charm and beauty. So that's how I interpret it. And frankly, one of the reasons I did so is I had always been brought up thinking that Proverbs 31, you know, 10 and following was the passage that was aimed at women. Like they are supposed to pay special attention to this. And some ways that can be put, can be, I think, more oppressive and hurtful than helpful towards sanctification and wisdom for
0: that matter. Do you think... Do you think any of it, like, it's interesting what you said uh, about how this is for men to kind of, like, recognize, you know, a godly woman. There's also this thing in the book where, or not your book, the book of Proverbs, where, um, you know, the, like, wisdom and folly are two women, and it's almost as though that's the romantic interest, that those are the romantic interests vying for the attention of the young young man in, in Proverbs, or that's how I've... Kind of come to take it
1: yeah that's where i'm going okay when I talk about this um because in general by the way i'll just since you said that i'll note saying that proverbs presents wisdom and folly as two different women to the son to the man
0: mm-hmm. and
1: wants him to choose the right one yes that does support what i've been saying about the narrative structure of this book that is kind of aimed at a conversation with his son yeah At the same time, it in no way can be excluded, exclusive to, against women. I mean, obviously they can be wise and should be wise because they should be either wisdom or folly.
0: No, 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 absolutely. I mean, I think, I think too, we we would be amiss to like not mention the context of like how the Bible thinks about like men and women and like what their roles are in in the sense of like, it's a king. It's all about pursuing some higher, uh, Good. I'm just thinking about all the other typings that exist, right? Like, like uh, the king, king, the king in his land, right? That's a type of woman that he has to show loyalty to. Like, I'm just saying, there's a reason that they chose the man and woman angle how they did. It doesn't mean it's exclusive. It's, it's deeper. Yes, that's
1: true. I was actually imagery. gonna bring some of that up and decided not to because I thought it would get too complicated. I mean, I'll say right now. You don't up, have to now. go into detail. No, no. I, but it relates to this because one of the ways that a Bible teacher uh, doctor, not doctor, but Jim Jordan. He <laughs> yeah. should be a doctor, doctor of the church. Um, he has talked about this. Is he says that the 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 godly wife is actually kind of a type of the t- tabernacle and temple yeah. system. You know, she dresses her sons in scarlet. Seems related to priest clothing, et cetera. Um, and I think absolutely with Proverbs thirty one and with the Song of Solomon, you get kind of the, the basic literary imagery background that's used later by the prophets when they talk about Israel yeah. and talk about her not being a faithful anymore. Um but let's shy
0: yeah, away from that. I should, just wanted to bring it up because yeah, I thought it was relevant.
1: It is relevant. It's just that it's a lot. lot of things are relevant. Um <laughs> absolutely. But that relates that goes into what I was about to say, which is that part of the problem here is that the woman, the mother of Queen of King Lemuel, is talking about a woman who is obviously very we- wealthy. She considers the field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. That's only going to apply literally to a minority of women in history, at least up so to that far. Point, certainly, yeah. up to that point, and for many years, many centuries later, um, and still a minority now, even with you know real estate and all this rust. I mean, it's you know obviously we're getting more wealthy in general, but. Still, just like I said for the man, you know, you've got to pretend, you've got to think about a prince and how this applies to everyone about these words to a prince, the son of a king. So here, you you still take, it takes an act of imagination and extrapolation even for a woman to really apply this to herself and her own character. She's got to be careful about how she or anyone uses this as a standard. Um, most young men aren't likely to find young ladies already prepared to engage in business. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You're overusing the model at that point. But as I said, however this model is supposed to be applied, I think the setup in verse 1 demands that we take it as originally intended to be advice to a son as to what he should want in a wife. So that's the setup. And we ought to also realize and we've already kind of mentioned this, but in general, Proverbs as a book shows us wisdom is for women not only by proverbs 31 giving a mother the authority to advise her son and her words are the inspired word of God mm-hmm. um, now that that you know when she describes the godly wife, that's in a, a what do we call it it's a, the verses are all alphabetical it's, it's um I am acrostic I think is the term for that.
0: I, I'm you're not the sure. one who went to seminary. I'm. <laughs>
1: it's not a seminary. It's part. not okay. anyway, Well, um, I don't know. That's not my point. Well, except that's where he taught that because we don't usually read it in Hebrew. But yeah, um, it's like Psalm 119 is the same okay, thing. Okay, yeah, you that we you you know that the 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 little Hebrew letters are put in most translations. Yes. because to let you know that there's some alphabetical thing going on. Sequential. Um, on there, yeah. so she might have learned that oracle from mm-hmm. somewhere else. Um. It might be a um, maybe. Maybe that was originally written by Solomon, for all we know. But she's teaching it to her son for a reason. Um, the and that, by the way, she gels with something else. Sons are repeatedly told in proverbs to heed their mothers as well as their fathers. Just like the fifth commandment involves both parents. Yeah. So do all the proverbs. I mean, there might be occasional exceptions. I know one of those exceptions is exclusive to the mother. It doesn't even mention the father. Um, I don't have the verse in front of me, so I'm not going to try to guess, but it's in there. Um, you know, it's easy enough on your app, your ASV app, to put mother in the search engine and go to Proverbs and go through it and you'll see it. Yeah. Um, but like, so the fifth commandment, let's take Deuteronomy five sixteen: Honor your father and your mother that the Lord, your God, as the Lord, your God commanded you that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So Proverbs 30, verse 17, gives us a really graphic application of this. The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by vultures of the valley and eaten by the vultures, excuse me, picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by vultures. That's Proverbs 30, 30, verse 17. So, you know, there is a lot more about sons honoring and obeying their mothers than there is anything about wives obeying their husbands in Proverbs. Um, i not saying there's not stuff that, that dovetails with that or works for that, but it's the emphasis on, is on the son honoring both his father and his mother, and considering them both sources of wisdom that he must not despise. And looking at Proverbs as a whole, and this ties directly to what you said earlier. The godly wife of Proverbs 31 is so wealthy and powerful in part because she is intended to to remind us of wisdom who's portrayed as a great queen in Proverbs 8 and Proverbs 9. So remember, Proverbs is is like a series of books. Um, I went with the traditional sevenfold interpretation that there's seven books of Proverbs. I've actually started wondering if there's only five, but that's beside the point. Um. The first book of Proverbs is Proverbs chapters 1 through 9. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it begins as a father talking to his son. Chapter 1 verse 8, hear my son your father's instructions and forsake not your mother's teaching. But it goes on to talk about it as a it's obviously the father talking in this place. So, a second major point from all of this is that Proverbs as a whole is structured so the godly wife of Proverbs thirty-one. Cut. <laughs> What's wrong? I I forgot where I was when I we we I went up and said so I quoted the verse here, my son. But as the father speaks, when you get into chapter eight, he starts again because he, he's he's done it before, describing women or wisdom, excuse me, as a as a female, as a great queen, as a um, almost like a goddess-like figure. And his conversation morphs into her speaking. So in verses thirty-two through thirty-four, and now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways, hear instruction and be wise, do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. She is speaking now, and she refers to this to the sons, my sons. She's the mother. Yeah. So now when you get to chapter 9, maybe the father reverts back because it starts describing Wisdom in kind of the third person. And it might be Wisdom still speaking, this great female that's portrayed here. Either way, the emphasis goes on to Wisdom as this great female, and she actually speaks to her sons, just like he was speaking to his son or his sons. So in both cases, I mean both in the case of the first book of Proverbs, Proverbs 1 through 9, And the book of Proverbs as a whole. The climax is with the woman, the female, wisdom, the godly wife, and the mother, the the mother of the king. Um, And you'll notice that there's actually similarities between the godly wife of chapter 31 and what wisdom says about herself in chapter 8. Proverbs 8, verse 14, I have counsel, I have sound wisdom, I have insight, I have strength. And of course, I've already mentioned this, but at least I think I did. She she dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. Chapter 31, verse 17. Strength and dignity are her clothing. So yeah, I I did mention that before. So wisdom and the wise wife, they're strong because of it. And they have strength. They offer strength to, to their husbands and their sons. So all of that. I'll go back to a, from all that to just a more pedestrian point, but it's still obvious. The godly wife in Proverbs 31 shows the same wisdom, the same virtues, the same productivity, the same future orientation, the same responsibility as what the son has been exhorted to have or to gain throughout Proverbs. So she obviously listened to those lessons too learned them, internalize them, and now practices them, and they're part of her character that she can pass on to others. So even though the narrative device is mostly speeches made to a son, daughters are obviously supposed to learn this as well in the book of Proverbs. So again, no, I was not trying, and Proverbs does not exclude women from this, it just presents it in this way for theological and practical reasons that are important, but they don't exclude
0: women at all. Thinking in the vein, of the, vein of the Proverbs for everyone kind of argument, Yeah, um, I've heard people, I can't remember who now, talking about Proverbs 31, really not even really supposed to make you focus on the, the fact that it's a woman, but it's about wise counsel too, in the broad sense. Like finding, because finding advisors to put around you who, who are wise and capable. Like, and, and you're thinking about that in the royal context, that kind of makes a lot of sense to me. But that, and of course that advice applies in both directions, right? Like, like women should be looking for, for good counsel and and people around them who can help them. And I I don't know. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, that way of reading Proverbs 31 specifically about it being about just general wise counsels, less about.
1: It would obviously apply to wise counsel. So I agree with that, except that I would just point out that these images and this device is not chosen like as a shell in which we get out the kernel, which is. Something, this one yeah, thing, yeah. it rather unfolds into a lot of things, and the shell never gets thrown away because it's part of the inspired message. Um, so yeah, I kind of agree with that, but I want to nuance that with some protection. I mean, it also means choose a wise queen and listen to her, make her one of your counselors. Yeah, um, no,
0: absolutely. And I think I think that, that that piece is, I think, kind of difficult for people in a broad sense. Like, we're we, I think we too often, when we think about Proverbs as like a book for men, you know, we downplay what really is being said, it's like, listen to the people around you who have you given this high access. Well, like, like, like Queens, right? Yeah. Um, in general, the main, one of the main qualities of wise people is who they
1: listen to and that they listen to people. So, um, this would, that would tie in. I, I, I will finish off. This is going to be a short podcast. Um, I don't have much else to say. I will say one thing and one reason why I emphasize the narrative, like kind of like framework for how Proverbs delivers its message is because I actually don't think Proverbs is treated as a manual for young men very much because yeah. it doesn't actually speak to masculinity in a kind of traditional way. Um, it very seldom like does much to differentiate masculinity from femininity. It's more worried about distinguishing adulthood from childhood. Yeah. It wants men absolutely. to grow up and stop being boys. Maturity um, from, yeah. yeah, it's just, it, it's not, um, now, a lot of that is because the Bible and the culture of Israel at the time probably did not require that kind of differentiation that we suddenly need to be worried about today with the general moral degeneracy and, and disobedience to God that's going on. Yeah, the gender confusion issues, right? Uh, yeah, it's horrible. But um, And the Bible does speak to it very directly. What I'm saying is Proverbs is kind of assuming a lot of that. It does not worry about it. It really wants men to grow up and be adults instead of being perpetual children, which really does if they don't do that they do taint the entire gender distinctions and just make it all look awful
0: i think i think it's interesting too one of the things that I, was, I was kind of reflecting on as we were having this conversation um like an underlying thing i can take away from like our discussion of Proverbs is the broken household problem that like the west has been under now for probably like 50 years plus um where there's just more and more children with broken homes like it really undermines the ability for some of these children to mature and that should be i feel like a takeaway from proverbs right because like it's it's really emphasizing both the the father and mother and their role
1: yes i think proverbs in general is commentary on the fifth commandment um and i do believe i mean it doesn't extinguish you know the possibility of maturing but it makes the path much more brutal and difficult and it will be missed by many i mean it is you know obviously a disgusting perversion that we are obsessed with gender equality in the boardroom or in other other areas yeah. where we want to coerce people to make the right choices meaning that the the regime wants them to make, and yet we do not care a, a jot about the fact that men and women should be raised by most both, both mothers and fathers yeah. it is It's horrible, but now that we've we've finished on that dark note <laughs> um that is really all I have to say about this um. I don't know to what extent I made my, my book difficult to read by a uh, you know a, a young lady. I'm um, and I'm I would like it to be very easy, but I wasn't necessarily worried about that at the time that much. I had other things I was worried about, so the book may reflect that. And I don't that's fine. I mean, I, I get to find out which readers value from my book kind of by what I hear about the interactions I hear about later. Um, but I just want to make sure that they know that problems is for them. Absolutely. Proverbs is absolutely for them. The Bible is for them. And um, they should read it with profit. The point of my book was to get everyone to be able to read the book of Proverbs with more profit. So the extent to which this um, this podcast will hopefully help people, women, um, get more out of Proverbs, I would be happy if that was the case. And um,
0: Absolutely. All right. And that's all I have to say. Anything else, Calvin? Yeah, real quick. So uh, the episode after this one, we are going to be discussing a movie, movie right? Uh, we were planning to discuss. That was an idea. Now it's set in stone because you've just said well, it. So that's yes. what we're going to be doing. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Because we watched it last night and I enjoyed it immensely. It's called Love and Monsters. So the reason I'm telling people in advance is because there's going to be spoilers in that oh, yeah. episode. We're going to be lots of spoilers. And and that's fine, except I imagine it's not super well watched. Probably by the people that we're going to be talking to. So I just want to encourage people. To, I love the movie. Dad loves the movie. Check it out. And then you might be able to enjoy the podcast. More okay, maybe. We have the discussion. So it's PG 13 and I'm not going <laughs> to yes.
1: um, defend or apologize or explain too much the problem. So, you know, I don't know each reader, each reader, or listener, excuse me, has decided they want to watch it and um, decide then if I'm if they want to hear what I have to say about it, and whether or not they can show it to anyone else, any young person in their family or whatever, yeah, um, make it sound so much worse. Secondly, this. I want to apologize because I thought this was on Amazon Prime as like a, a kind of a permanent feature. Actually, I originally thought it was an Amazon special. I don't think that's true. It's on Amazon Prime, but it's and it might be somewhere else. You have to rent it, so it cost yeah. us three seventy five to rewatch it last night, yep. at that, which that was disappointing to me. So when I originally planned to do this, I thought the movie would be available for free when we did the podcast and it's not anymore so but we're still going to do it um but that's how i wouldn't normally make plans to make people give money to amazon or (laughs) so anyway um but just telling you but anyway i i will will be talking about that movie and um it's a kind of dorky science fiction movie with a pg-13 rating and um i don't know what else to say about it but i just want to warn i'm into that kind of thing so um yeah i I was able to appreciate it but I, i don't know if anyone if everyone else is gonna agree with my taste, but still the things we talk about will be interesting, I believe, and kind of on point with the glory of kings and proverbs and maturity and young men and kind wise women. So and um we'll talk about it more in our next podcast, which we definitely have to do now since you just said that.
0: <laughs> um also should I, I mention
1: them. that um you know I have a I have not been writing much lately, but I plan to write more um on my website solomonsays.net solomonsays.net i also do have a patreon account which i plan to use more and some other things um i am perpetually working right now on a commentary on ephesians i could i would appreciate more support if you feel led to give it so just anyway go go to go to the the website and you can look at some things i've written about proverbs and about other things and uh, hopefully you'll see more material soon and I just want to get that out there. I've also got yeah, my, on Twitter, I'm um, Solomon Says In. Um, I was trying to write Solomon Says Net, and it didn't all fit. All
0: that will be linked uh, in the, the episode. Yeah, absolutely. And, all right. and my will, Facebook account. I will also say, too, we are actively working on content ideas for the Patreon and for a subscriber button with uh, Spotify. If you have stuff you guys want, feel free to reach out and make some requests, and I will see what I can coerce Dad into doing. Uh, but that's all I had. I think that's all he has, so have a good day, everyone. See you in the next episode.